For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You're listening to Eagles Unfiltered. D-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Third down and one. Hurts, eating, first down, and a touchdown. Here are your hosts, Ed Kraz and Connor Miles. All right, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Eagles Unfiltered, powered by the Believe Podcast Network, and we are presented by BetOnline.ag, the best sports betting website around. Go onto their website right now, use promo code Believe B-L-E-A-V, to get 50% off your welcome bonus when you start up with BetOnline.ag. Guys, we are powered by Manscaped, go birds, no spaces, all caps, Go Birds to take care of your crown jewels and get ready for this postseason the best way you possibly can. A clean shade, man. Go Birds, manscaped.com, 20% off your order plus free shipping. I am co-host Connor Miles. With me, as always, is my co-host, Ed Kras. And Ed, you know, the reason why I really wanted to get on and do the podcast, it's been a, it's been a week, you know, it's been eight days. But the main reason why I wanted to get on and talk to you is because since we've been recording, I mean, since we last recorded, Brandon Brooks has retired, which is a huge, huge development for the Eagles. I mean, I know that uh, we all knew the writing was on the wall, but uh, more than just a player has left the city. I mean, has left that organization. It's just the impact Brandon Brooks brought to the field. We'll touch on that in a little bit. We want to discuss the quarterback landscape because now with, you know, the potential of Tom Brady retiring, Aaron Rodgers potentially leaving Green Bay, Russell Wilson maybe not being with the Seattle Seahawks anymore. Uh, and then again, Deshaun Watson's trade situation is probably going to be resolved this offseason. Uh, Big Ben retiring. You know, you look at all these these holes around the league with the quarterback openings, and the Eagles have two guys that, I mean, would offer some trade value to these teams and Jalen Hurts and Gardner Minshew if they decide to go another route at quarterback. But there's too many holes and not enough guys to fill it up. It makes you think, can the Eagles take advantage of this by going out and getting that Russell Wilson, getting that Deshaun Watson to take advantage of a, an inferior NFC quarterback league now? Because, I mean, if Aaron Rodgers leaves Green Bay, it's Matthew Stafford, potentially Russell Wilson, and then who else? I mean, it's a wide-open uh, conference that you could take advantage of with superior quarterback play. Maybe the Eagles second-guess their commitment to Jalen Hurts because of that. Or – they trade a guy like Gardner Minshew, who has some value around this league on a rookie salary and has some potential, who wants to be a starter. He went into Nick Sirianni's office and asked, what can I do to take Jalen Hurts' job? The guy wants to be a starter. The Eagles might be able to take advantage of this market. And, you know, there was a trade market for Gardner Minshew around the trade deadline last season with the Carolina Panthers sniffing around. Ed, let's get into the show, man. Let's talk about Brandon Brooks real quick, though. The impact that he's leaving Philadelphia, man. I know – 
probably I, – I mean, I honestly think, you know, Evan Mathis, all respect to him. Brandon Brooks is the best guard that the Eagles have signed uh, that, had, that they haven't drafted. That wasn't a homegrown guy. That, I mean, arguably one of their best guards in franchise history, regardless of that fact. Uh, what do you think the Eagles have to do to fill up that – not only the right guard spot, because I know uh, that's – I mean, that situation really is up in the air currently, but – uh, how do you replace that type of impact in a locker room? Well, you know, uh, this is a younger group of Eagles now, and some of these younger guys are going to have to step up and, and be assertive. Um, you know, Jordan Milata is going to have to be a, a stronger voice perhaps in the locker room. Landon Dickerson, you know, coming into his second year now, will need to step up and be a voice. Um, you know, he was noted for his leadership ability at the University of Alabama, so he could certainly do that. Um you know, losing Brooks is a blow, but he said it himself. You know, this this offensive line room is in good shape. Um, let's face it. It's not like everybody was clamoring for Brandon Brooks to return last year from his pec strain uh, because their offensive line was in shambles. He was kind of an afterthought. So he was right. This room is in good shape with your, you know, your starting five. I mean, you could put Nate Herbig in there. I think the Eagles are going to probably try to upgrade at the guard spot in the draft or even free agency. You know, Brandon Scherf is sitting out there. Washington football team uh, is a free agent this year. I mean, you know, they have some money. Could they elect to spend it on a guy like Brandon Scherf? And, man, what what an offensive line that would be if you bring in Brandon Scherf to play at one of those guard spots. He's 30 years old. Uh, but, yeah, Brooks is, you know, leadership, sure, that, that will be missed. But there's always guys ready to step up into that leadership void. You still have, you know, as of January 30th here, Jason Kelsey, anchor, strong leader. He's the guy. If they were to lose him, then, you know, we're we're shifting gears. You know, we're, then you're wondering more and more about what about that leadership in the locker room. But, you know, I think Milata and Dickerson, these are your – you know, young up and coming guys, they have to be more of a, of a voice. You still have Lane Johnson. Uh, you know, he's been on this team, you know, for almost a decade now. So uh, they've got guys and they've got talent. And, you know, as much as Brooks will be missed, they can, you know, they got this. They they still have a strong room. Uh, I mean, if they keep these two first round, even if they keep just two of these first round picks, uh, I mean, Tyler Linderbaum has to be considered at one of those selections, the Iowa center. Cause I mean, you know, your days are, are being narrowed with Jason Kelsey. I know Landon Dickerson was drafted in the vision of replacing him. Uh, but I think we're all, we're taken back by his guard play at left guard this year where we're, we're already saying, no, you know, don't, don't, don't mess with it. Don't mess with it. He looks like yeah. an elite guard. Right. Uh, the thing is, Isaac Sayomalu, and I, you know, I said this earlier yeah. for SI in the year, is an incredible player too. And he's on a yeah. very team-friendly contract. You know, he's very underrated by this Eagles fan base. Uh, I I think the guards are set for now, though. Because I mean, again, you know, Jason Kelsey, you're not gonna find out if he's coming back or not until April. So if you don't, if you're not not knowing that, you have free agency until then, you have the trade market settling until then. Uh you're you're potentially looking at replacing your center. So let's just say Jason Kelsey retires. Yeah. Let's just say he retires. You're potentially looking at replacing your longtime center and then your top three when he was, you know, in his prime playing for you at right guard as well. Uh, Leonard Dickerson answers one of those questions, but then, you know, you still have another question somewhere else because I don't see Isaac Sayomalu being replaced. I don't see the Eagles moving on from him. I, I actually expect him to be the starting left guard week one 
uh, heading into the 2022 season. I know you have said yourself in this previous episode that you can see him shifting to right guard. Either way, uh, yeah. I would I would imagine Dickerson or Sayomalu are the guards. I, I I strongly, Ed, even if Jason Kelsey lets this team know he's coming back, I, I strongly believe Tyler Linderbaum is going to be a very, very strongly considered guy in that in that front office uh, when they become when it comes time to take the 15th, 16th, or 19th pick uh, if he's on the board. Yeah, I, well, maybe. Um, can he play guard? I mean, I, I think the Eagles, if they're going to go that high, for an offensive lineman, they would want they they wouldn't want to just spend it on a center, especially when they look and say, "Hey, we got Kelsey in the sixth round a decade ago." You know, we we can find somebody along the lines to to play that position later in the draft. Now, if he played guard at Iowa, and I'm not sure he did, then maybe he's more attractive. But I, you know, and I know he could be a generational talent at center, but. You know, you mentioned Dickerson. He could play there. I think Ciamalo could end up there if Kelsey were to go. I'm I'm not so sure they go with just a straight-up center that high in the draft. And I, I'm not even sure he'll be there outside the top ten, to be honest. He's that good of a player. But, you know, I could see the Eagles going for a lineman. I just – I think they want more of a positional uh, versatility at that spot rather than just get, grabbing a center and saying, okay, let's just groom you until whenever Jason Kelsey retires – knowing that you have Dickerson that can do it, Siamalu who can do it. You might have another year before you have to worry about it because if Kelsey comes back, you know, you don't want you to have your first-round pick sitting on the bench waiting. Um, so, I, you know, I would be surprised if they went with Linder, Linderbaum. I'd understand it, but I, I don't think they would go that direction just, you know, as we sit here now on January 30th, thinking Kelsey's coming back. Uh, I mean, it's a that's very solid logic right there as well. And, again, you you're right. You are replacing one position potentially, and you do have multiple guys who can fill into those roles. And we forgot to mention even Jack Driscoll, who uh, has been more than yeah. serviceable for this team as well. So let's let's get into the little you know the quarterback side of it. You know, a lot of people are, you know, I, it seems ever since Howie Roseman's made that endorsement for Jalen Hurts, uh, the developments around the quarterback market have just exploded ever since around the league. Uh, you know. I could hear the, there's an argument to be made that the Eagles should take advantage of the weaker conference uh, quarterback talent wise. That is potentially going to happen uh, this off season in the NFC and go out and get a guy like a Russell Wilson or Sean Watson to, you know, have the top. I mean, you would arguably, if you acquire one of those guys, you arguably have the best quarterback on your team in the conference. So I, I completely understand you know, that argument, that logic, but uh, what I always think is not lost, you know, in these debates is if these guys even want to come here, you know, if these guys would even be open to going to Philadelphia, Um, you know, Nick Sirianni, as much as I I have praised him and, you know, I think he is a great coach. I think he's actually, you know, I think it's fair to put him in the up and coming McVeigh ranks, to be honest with you. I think he's that brilliant of a young offensive mind, Uh, Kyle Shanahan, as well. Uh, I think, you know, the Eagles have something in Nick Sirianni there, and I think experience will only bring out the best in him a little bit more and more as we go. Uh, but what would you mean? Again, do you think Russell Wilson sold on, on a guy like Nick Sirianni who hasn't really, you know, made national waves in this league or over a guy like, you know, Brian Dabble, who's been incredibly successful, Josh Allen, who's been known for Josh Allen's success who's been with Nick Saban at Alabama and has been at a team, you know, two prestige jobs as of late 
being Josh Allen's coach and then being at Alabama running their offense with Nick Saban, uh, that would I think that would appease Russell Wilson, to be honest with you. If if they if you know the Giants were getting the trade market for a quarterback. I'm just saying that you know, there's so many of these openings around the league. Tampa might even be an opening now <clears throat> if Tom Brady retires. So uh what about the Eagles situation would make me think, you know, that means Deshaun Watson already has rumored to turn down this team once or would refuse to waive his trade clause to go to Philadelphia once. I know there's speculation that he might lift it now, especially with uh his future again being up in the air, but uh, I think that's always lost in these arguments. That is, we can, yes, the Eagles have the means to acquire these guys, but I think they showed you if the quarterback doesn't want to be there, it doesn't show any indication of wanting to be there. They're not going to go all out for that quarterback because the minute that car, they got that sense from Carson once, they opened the doors to trading him. So uh, I, I don't think it's that set in stone, and I think you do have that run that risk if you get involved in this trade quarterback market. If if, if you're chasing somebody who who doesn't want you. What are you doing to the guy who does want you? Well, for every argument or case you make for Brian Dayball and Russell Wilson wanting to play for him, I mean, you could say the same about Nick Sirianni. You look at his track record, he found a way to win with Phillip Rivers and Andrew Luck and Jacoby Brissett and now Jalen Hurts. I mean, his track record's pretty good, too. Um, I agree with you. It's just not not, not enough sp- yeah. national spotlight on it, though. Is yeah. the problem, and you know, every you hear about Dable and Josh Allen being attached to the hip, you never really heard. And you know, Philip Rivers and Nick Sirianni were attached to the hip, though, too, dating back to their charter days. But again, it's just not something that's nationally recognized. So, uh, hopefully, you know, Russell Wilson would or Deshaun Watson would would know these things, or at least want to be open to hearing these things. But I again, with all these openings around the league, I, how how can you put the Eagles up over some of these other teams? Is what I'm saying. Well, listen, I I don't know. Um, I, I think that the Giants already said they want to run it back with Daniel Jones. They brought in Dable, hoping that he can establish that connection. Um, it, when a coach like Nick Sirianni, okay, it's all well and good what Howie Roseman said, yeah, Hurts is our starter. But when your head coach, he even made a stronger acclamation for Jalen Hurts when he said, there's no secrets here. Jalen Hurts knows he's our guy. You have a coach that says that, and then to turn around and all of a sudden he's not the guy. I mean, then within that locker room, you're you're questioning, you know, how much power your head coach has. You're questioning, you know, whether whatever he says is 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 that going to be the case three months from now? If he's backing me now, what's going to happen next month if he if he turns so quickly on Hertz? So I I still firmly believe they're committed to Hertz. And if you say, yeah, the NFC is wide open, and it is, if you look at the quarterback structures in both leagues. The AFC has some great quarterback talent. Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, what does the NFC have? I mean, they have Kyler Murray. Uh, the Cardinals washed out in the first round. Uh, after that, I mean, Justin Fields. I mean, they hired a defensive coach in Chicago, uh, which I think is the wrong approach unless he brings in a strong offensive coordinator. But, you know, I think you bring in an offensive coach because you have your quarterback. I don't know why they hired a defensive coach, but, you know, after those guys, you know, Matt Ryan in Atlanta, you know, he's on the downside. Uh, Russell Wilson is in the back quarter of his career. Um, yeah, he's probably the best quarterback in the NFC, I would say, at this point. Maybe Dak Prescott he could put up there, but what's he done um, postseason-wise? Um, so, yeah, it's wide open. But who's to say that Jalen Hurts can't be in that mix to be the top third uh, of quarterbacks in the NFC? I mean, the Eagles believe it. 
they've come out and said it. So, you know, I, I wouldn't move on from Jalen Hurts at this point. Um, you know, you could grab a quarterback later in the draft, maybe the second round. Uh, you know, it is kind of a two-year cycle. They took Hurts two years ago. Before that, the last quarterback they took was Clayton Thorson in 2018, I think. Yeah. He was terrible. And then they took Hurt, uh, Wentz in 2016. So it seems like they're on this two-year cycle of drafting quarterbacks. So, I, yeah, I think they're going to take a quarterback. And I think if you're going to trade anybody, it's going to probably be Gardner Minshew. Um, because of this dearth of quarterbacks, especially in the NFC. So that's someone to keep an eye on. Again, I, you know, can Jalen Hurts be that guy that can take the Eagles to the next level? You know, I don't know. I, I you know, if I were to be asked that today, I would say probably not. But I think we're going to see in 2022 if he can become that guy. Um, and maybe he becomes one of the best quarterbacks in the NFC. We, you don't know. I, I wouldn't go chasing quarterbacks at this stage, older veteran type quarterbacks, because you might have what you need right under your nose. And I wouldn't be so quick to move on from that, especially when your coach comes out and throws that kind of weight behind you. There are no secrets. Jalen Hurts knows he's our guy. I mean, that's a, that's a bold statement right there from your head coach. I don't think you move on from that. I like Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford's our quarterback. You know, I, I, I agree with you. I do. And, you know, Doug Peterson and Dever coached a game for Sam Bradford. So it was easy to say stuff into in an introductory press conference. And it was easy for Harry Roseman to back Sam Bradford at the time. Because, again, like I said last episode, you know, it's easy to say this, you know, make these endorsements now. Because there's nobody in Jalen Hurts' way right now. Uh, clearly not. It's not Gardner. I'll tell you that. We all know that. Right. So there's nobody on this roster in his way right now, and there's no options available in January. So I think it's, like I said, it's incredibly smart to back Jalen Hurts and build this confidence with him right now. But if you do get into this all season, and again, I, I keep going back and forth with this because it, this is the most controversial development of quarterback the Eagles have ever had um, in Jalen Hurts. So I keep going back and forth with this because I'm worried that, you know, what if it doesn't work? You have these options available. You never had these type of options available before. So to say no to getting in the Russell Wilson sweepstakes, to say no to getting in the potentially Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, to say no to getting into, you know, this draft class, like golly Carson Strong, Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, uh, so on and so forth. It is a tough pill to swallow if it doesn't work out. And then you see potentially maybe multiple of these guys being successful in their next stops. That's what I think is hard for, you know, the fan base and, and other media members to accept when going into, you know, developing Jalen Hurts because there are some, there are some question marks. I mean, you, you have them yourself. We all do about his development and how he can become a passing quarterback in this league. But again, there were some very strong strides though, Ed, that we all like to forget. Sure. I mean, I know that playoff game versus the Buccaneers looked a very, very, very sour. I was there. You don't have to tell me. Hey, it left a very sour taste in our mouths. But again, they went up against them. One of the most experienced uh, playoff teams in the league for their first playoff game with Nick Sirianni. And that coaching staff, and really Jalen Hurts, this rookie year as a starting quarterback in this league, uh, 
because I, again, like I always say, I always consider last year as his rookie year. I always do. There is obviously enough to go forward with and build around, uh, build upon because I know everybody likes to take away these 10 rushing touchdowns he had, but he had 26 total touchdowns. He was the majority of your offensive production. You can clearly build around this guy. How sustainable is it, though, is what the huge question mark is, and it the only way you can answer that is Jalen Hurts develops as a passer, and the Eagles do have enough to go on to for him to buy faith in that, for them, yeah. for them to have faith in that. So, uh, yeah. I mean, listen, these options you're talking about with Wilson, I mean, th- these are options the Eagles knew were available to them before they came out and backed Jalen Hurts. So what's going to change between now when they knew what these options were? Yeah, we can go get Russell Wilson. Yeah, Deshaun Watson's available. Maybe Aaron Rodgers is available. I mean, nothing's changed. I mean, the Sam Bradford situation, the situation changed. First of all, Bradford was a veteran quarterback. The Eagles had the number two pick in the draft. They knew they were bringing in a stud in Carson Wentz, who they believed was a stud. Uh, and then there was an injury in Minnesota, so it was an easy swap. Okay, yeah, that that's available. We're going to trade him. And Sam Bradford wasn't happy when they drafted Carson Wentz. So, I mean, yeah, okay, they backed Bradford, but that, that was a completely different situation than what you have here in Jalen Hurts, a 23-year-old quarterback who made strides in his first season. So I think they're genuine in that commitment to him. And they knew the options before they said there's no secrets. Jalen Hurts knows he's our guy. They knew what was out there, and they still committed to him. So I I don't see anything changing uh, with the Russell Wilson market or the Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson, Kirk Cousins, whoever you want to mention, because they knew those options existed, and they still went 100% in behind Jalen Hurts. And to go back on that, I think you lose a lot of trust in the locker room. Players inside that locker room support Jalen Hurts. They all like playing for Jalen Hurts. They love the leadership he brings. I, I think it would be a mess and a disaster if you were to move on from him at this point without seeing if he can't get closer to whatever his ceiling is in 2022. Uh, that's very good, fair points right there. I just did a mic drop, I would say, uh, with that, <laughs> the, that last phrase. Well, that's really good, man. I, I, that's, you can't argue that. You can't argue those, yeah. those points at all. Uh, but, I mean, it seems like you you think it's more likely, though, clearly, that they could, you know, visit the draft route and bring in another quarterback uh, via the draft. I think so, too. And I yeah. brought this up off air to you that I think they can go as early as second round if they were to go quarterback. Sure. Maybe potentially first. Um, and the reason being because when you get into the second round for the Eagles, if they do end up keeping all – these picks, which I would assume at least they keep three of the four of their first four picks in the first two rounds, you get to that second round pick, you're taking your third or fourth player this draft. This draft, you're getting your third or fourth player by the time you hit the second round. I think that changes the whole dynamic of what you can possibly do. I think a quarterback can easily be your fourth pick of the draft. If you told if you told an Eagles fan without knowing how many picks you had, say, hey, you know, with the fourth pick of the Eagles draft, they're probably going to take a quarterback. You'd be like, all right, yeah, that's fair. That, but this situation is different because you have those four, <laughs> those four picks in the first two rounds. Uh, but yeah. I think, you know, if a guy like Desmond Ritter, if he struggles at the senior bowl, struggles at the combine, any type, any type of struggles that put him out of that first round range, I think that's a guy they target easily in the second round. I mean, the Cincinnati ties to the Philadelphia Eagles are damning. Uh, they were even considering hiring Luke Fickle as the, as the Eagles head coach, or at least uh, putting him in into that interview process to replace Doug Peterson. So, uh, 
Uh, if you like the coach, you must like what he's doing with the offense. If you like what the offense is doing, you like the quarterback. So I would, I would, I think that's a name I would probably watch the most. I, I like Carson Strong the most of this class. I just don't think he fits what the Eagles want to do on offense. I do think that you know Jalen Hurts' dual threat ability has opened doors to what this rushing attack can do in this league, regardless who the running back is. So I think they do want to have some kind of type of mobility from their quarterback. And I mean, Carson Strong is just not that. Mm-hmm. So I, I would think Desmond Ritter would be the guy that the Eagles would target the most. And you potentially wouldn't potentially, I say, because uh, he has a lot of potential in this class. I think he will move up depending on how he performs at the senior bowl and combine. So if he was to struggle at one of those events, he could see himself going in the second round, and I think the Eagles wouldn't hesitate, or at least consider him. I wouldn't say wouldn't hesitate. I would say they would at least strongly consider him being in that second round range. Yeah, I mean, listen, they're, they're kind of all over the place with the quarterbacks right now. Yeah, so man. The Senior Bowl comes <laughs> along, and the combine comes along. I mean, I you know what about Sam Howe, or what about Sam Hartman from Wake Forest? You know, where are these guys going to land? I mean, I like Sam Hartman at Wake Forest. Very mobile guy, not real accurate, you know, but. You're looking to draft a developmental guy, um, and, and those guys are developmental. And then, you know, I've seen a lot of love for this Alabama A&M quarterback coming out of the uh, – what was it? The uh, H, uh, HBCU game, uh, Akil Glass, who I, I don't know anything about. I I'd never heard of him until he had this really good performance during the HBCU uh, bowl game. And, you know, I looked up his stats just real quickly, a six-five guy – I saw a little video on him. Looks like he has a pretty strong arm. I mean, where, where does he fall in this whole thing? I mean, there's going to be options for the Eagles to get somebody. It doesn't have to be Ritter, that great connection with Cincinnati. But, you know, I like Hartman. I always liked Hal. I know he didn't have quite the season. But, boy, North Carolina lost a lot of players from the team the year before. Um, so, I mean, it all depends on evaluations, where these guys go. You know, you have your top guys like Pickett and Millie Willis and – um, I'm forgetting a third one here. Matt Corral. Yeah, yeah Matt, Matt Corral. Corral. I mean, those are, I guess, the top three guys. But then after that, it, where are you going to go? I mean, it, you know, nothing's really kind of been drilled in on and won't be until after these bowl games and after the combine especially. And then, you know, once that's over in early March, then bam, then, then the league free agency begins and then the draft lead up. I mean, there's plenty of time to kind of evaluate these guys. But I expect, you know, bottom line, they're going to find one somewhere in this draft just because of this two-year cycle they've been on and taking quarterbacks, and this would be the second year. You're not 100% sold on Hurts beyond 2022. So, yeah, let's grab one. Let's see Let's see what they got. Let's see how they evaluate this group, and let's see what uh, round they decide to pick one in. Do you think I'm off base and thinking they could do it as early as the second round? No, not at all. I think, you know, and even maybe the – I mean – Again, the first round, I could see the Eagles more trading up, maybe into the top 10, especially if this Kyle Hamilton, the safety from Notre Dame, starts to slip a little bit. You know, maybe they take one of those picks and something later to try to get up a few spots to land Kyle Hamilton um, because they need safety help, and he's the premier safety in this group. But, yeah, I, I could see them going second round. First round, I'm not so sure about that. But, yeah, definitely second round, I could see that happening. Part of my language, but I would shit a brick if the Eagles traded up for a safety. I, know. I think it, I it think it's so uncharacteristic. But listen, they need safety help. They no, they do. No, players. they do. And Kyle Hamilton is more than a safety in this draft. He's the third best player. Yeah, in my he's, opinion, he's the best of the best at that spot. And like you know, he's a hybrid guy. You can move him up to the line. You can play him back. Six four, 
rangy athlete. Uh, I don't think he's getting out of the top five, but if he's sitting there at seven, eight, I don't know. Maybe the Eagles fall in love and say, hey, let's go get him. Or one of these edge rushers. Yeah. Because, I, you know, there's going to be a run on these edge rushers, and I think the Eagles are going to want to be in the – the market for one. And if they are, I, I, I actually do expect the Eagles to move up to get an edge rusher, but that's another conversation for another day. Yeah, um, I'm just glad that we got that quarterback discussion out of the way. So let's move on now to, to the last final topic I want to discuss with you is, you know, it seems like Jonathan Gannon is a, well, no, it is a fact that Jonathan Gannon is a finalist for the Houston Texans coaching job. I would, I would imagine he's an afterthought in Minnesota after they just landed their GM. Uh, seems like they're going in a different direction with the coaching hires just now. Recently interviewing Jim Harbaugh, Jimiko Ryan's, uh, and Patrick Graham, but uh, it looks like the Eagles potentially will have to get a new defensive coordinator. I know that you've planted your flag firmly in the Darnell Wilson camp, which I love. I think that's a great move. I think you know that's the most likely of uh, the defensive coordinator candidates out there. But uh, I know everybody's stuck on Vic Fangio. Here's a guy that I'm going to throw his name into the ring, and I think would be phenomenal for this Eagles defense, especially rejuvenating this defensive line would be Patrick Graham of the New York Giants. I think, you know, he does have ties uh, with Brian Dabble. So I, I think there's a chance he's retained under the, under the new coaching staff, especially since uh, I actually just read some rumors that Brian Dabble was meeting with uh, the DB's coach already uh, from the Giants the current on the current staff, Jerome Henderson to keep him. Uh, a part of the staff. So if that's the case, you're keeping the DB coach. You, you, you might want to keep the defensive coordinator as well. well he, so he I don't know with the Vikings, Patrick Graham, he did, yes, the he did. coach of the Vikings. I mean, we don't yep. know where they're going to go, but you know, I think he's a candidate for that Viking spot. Well, there's a ton of defensive coordinator talent out there. It's really oh, yeah. the, the end of all end of it. Uh, Brian Flores potentially is available as to be a deep. I don't know if he's going to take a defensive coordinator job, but he's potentially available. Mike Zimmer, now is not going to go to Dallas because Dan Quinn is staying as deep, Dallas's defensive coordinator. So now he's available. Maybe the Eagles were sold on his principles that Jonathan Gannon was trying to instill and go out and make that hire. I think that is a candidate to be uh, interested in for the Eagles. I think they will be uh, if they do have to interview defensive coordinator candidates. But again, I, I would like to really see them show some interest in Patrick Graham if he is available to be hired. As defensive coordinator, that's a guy I'd like to see them replace one. I don't want to see this Vic. Vic Fangio has too many uh, ties to other organizations in this league. If Jim Harbaugh doesn't return to the NFL, uh, he may where may very well go to Jacksonville to be the defensive coordinator for whoever they hire as head coach. Uh, with his ties to Trent Baalke, the GM over there, uh, the, with their ties with the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Vic Fangio is not coming to the Eagles. I, I, I'm, I'm like fairly certain he's not. So I'm, I'm not even considering that an option. I'm looking at other other areas, and I, I would love Patrick Graham. I don't know if you looked anywhere else other than Denard Wilson so far, but I would love Patrick Graham. Well, Wink Martindale, the, the Ravens guy, got yeah, released. I've heard a too. lot of talk, or you know, any sort of talk about him. I mean, there are a lot of DC openings with you know nine new coaches coming into the league are going to need nine defensive coordinators. So. Uh, but I haven't heard anything much about Wink Martin. There's one rumor I heard about him. Yeah. That he's going with Joshua Daniels. If Joshua Daniels is take to take the Raiders job. That's the only rumor I've heard about Wink Martindale. Though. Okay. And that's not even concrete. So that's that up in the air. I don't know. But you know, he's a he's a you know, he's somebody that certainly would fit right in here with the Eagles. I don't think Zimmer would. I don't think 
you bring in a guy like Mike Zimmer, who's coached in the league for 10 years, whatever, as a head coach. And, you know, you got a young head coach and John, or, uh, Nick Sirianni. I'm not sure you'd do that move. I think, if anything, you'd probably bring in somebody that Nick Sirianni's comfortable with. And that leads me to his own staff with Denard Wilson and, you know, how Slay really seems to back him as being a defensive coordinator. But him and I would say Wink Martindale would be my two picks at this point. I don't think Vizimmer or Fangio will be here. I'm not even sure Gannon's leaving. I mean, you know, he's, you know, I know the Houston Texans really like Josh McCown, but, you know, they're concerned that he's never been a coach at any level uh, other than his son's high school football team when they were in Charlotte together. But, you know, that certainly doesn't qualify you. And I know he's played for 18 years in the league with 10 or 11 different teams. So maybe that gives him some qualifications playing in so many different offenses. But, uh, you know, it's different as a player and a coach. And so I think that's the Texans' concern with McCown. I think they would like to pair Gannon and McCown together with Gannon, the head coach, and McCown, the offensive coordinator. But we'll see. I mean, that's that's just my hunch. Um, Gannon could still be back. Uh, but if not, certainly it's going to be fun to cover who they, what they do next. I think they would act quickly, the Eagles. And I think to act quickly, you'd probably bring in Denard Wilson, just elevate him because, you know, he's in the building. He's a young coach kind of sticking with the steam. I think he's 39, 40 years old like the rest of the staff. So I think he'd be a natural fit. I'm telling you, Nick Rowell is, is going to be a considered an option too. Yeah. I mean, I think it went house. Only thing I think that worries people about going in house, and I think it's a fair concern, is how poorly it worked this, this past regime. Um, I hear your Mike Zimmer point, but I also think, you know, when Jeffrey Lurie's made these coaching hires, when he brings in the young offensive guy or, you know, the offensive guy, he pairs them with that veteran defensive voice, you know, Jim Johnson, Andy Reid. Jim Schwartz to Doug Peterson, he may feel like I missed. I'm. I don't want to say he feels this way because I think I think the organization's opinion of Jonathan Gannon is a lot higher than the fan base's or consensus opinion. Um, but he may think you know ah, I should have went the route of former head coach uh, knows how to be a head coach of the defense type of guy. Let me go out there and get Mike Zimmer. I, I think that might be an option they consider still. I, I, but I, I agree with your sentiment. I just think, you know, uh, I'm trying to go with the history of the owner here. Yeah, I mean, Doug Peterson and Schwartz are only, you know, three or four years apart in age, something like that. Um, yeah. Nothing great. Uh, you know, who, who else? I mean, Johnson and Reed, you know, it was a different era right. of football back then. Um, Johnson had never been a head coach before. Uh you know, Zimmer's had this head coaching background. I'm not even sure he would go to Dallas to be the defensive coordinator. I think Zimmer might just sit it out and, and uh, you know, see what happens next year, you know. But, look, Doug Peterson hasn't found a job yet. You know, it's kind of weird that he's was started out as a hot candidate early, interviewed with Jacksonville, and has kind of just fallen by the wayside. He's not even mentioned anymore. So He interviewed with Chicago, too. Let's, yeah, actually, let's, yeah. let's end the show with that real quick. That's actually a great topic. I actually – Wanted to talk to you about it. What's what is up with that? What's up with the no love for Doug? Uh, I wish I knew. Um, I asked. Yeah. I asked. I don't know. If, you know. I'm. I'm sure our listeners are familiar with Benjamin Albright. Uh, he's been a friend of mine for years. He's very. You know. He he's very open with what he hears, and he'll he'll tell you if you ask him a question. That's the guy he is. Just like it. 
So uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of Ben, ben Albright. Uh, you, you don't have to believe what he says. Again, that's your opinion. It's your choice. But he says, from what I've learned from covering the NFL, when there's a fire that happens, when you fire a coach and it's a complete shock, it's a complete surprise, uh, you don't understand the move, then there's always something behind the scenes that we don't know about. And that could be tinkering into these interviews with the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Chicago Bears, and the Minnesota Vikings that we don't know about. Because he's not he's clearly not wowing these guys enough to get second interviews. You know, his resume, you would think, why is he not getting a job? You know, Dan Quinn doesn't have a Super Bowl. Was a part of a coaching staff that gave up the, the, the most colossal upset loss in Super Bowl history was heavily considered in this head coaching cycle over Doug Peterson. So why would that be? And my only logic and and Ben's only logic is maybe we overvalue Doug. Maybe there's something behind the scenes that, again, all we can do is speculate on. But clearly these other teams are catching that fuel of it because they're not even considering him for second interviews. And I, I that's a shame because I really did, really did root for Doug Peterson to go to Jacksonville. It's still up in the air. Because then from what it seems like now, Byron Leftwich is not going to work with Trent Balky, and they're keeping Trent Balky as GM. So it's still up in the air what they're going to do at head coach, but it's not going to be Peterson, it looks like. So again, second year in a row, Doug Pierce is not going to get a head coaching job. Ed, I think he has no choice. He has to come back into the league as offensive coordinator and prove he can run an offense again uh, by himself without without the likes of Frank Wright, John D. Filippo around him. And that's how he's going to get another head coaching job in this league because some of these teams are just not – they're clearly not impressed by his interviews. Yeah, my, my theory would be on that, that maybe he's asking for too much power, you know, coming from the Eagles organization where they didn't let him do much of anything. Right. Um, you know, maybe he's looking for more than what teams are willing to give. Like you mentioned Jags, the Jaguars, you know, Balky's in place there, and he's going to run the show, and Doug would be, you know, second fiddle. Again, he'd be stuck in a situation like he was in Philadelphia. I think he's looking – for a situation where he has more of an input into what goes on, you know, in the front office and what the product is that you're putting out on the field. And maybe teams just aren't willing to do that with him. That could be the case. Um, you know, that, that, that's, that's a very fair sentiment right there. I think that could be the case. Uh, I, I, do I, I think he did. I think that's what, I mean, I'd be smart of him to analyze each situation and think, you know what, this isn't the best long-term fit for me because I just ha- went through the situation with Harry Roseman and it didn't work out. So that's mm-hmm. that's a great theory to have. But, I mean, Beckers can't be choosers. You're about to be two years unemployed. But, again, I mean, is he hurting for money? I don't think so. Uh, you know, why why feel the need to just jump in? You know, why if you're going to return, return on your terms. You know, make sure it's what you want. You've spent five years in an organization where you understand how things work and now you want a bigger voice and how those things work. And, you know, if you're him, it's like, okay, look, I'm a Super Bowl winning coach. You know, I don't need to jump for, you know, the OC job in Seattle or whatever, you know, like I can afford to bide my time. And maybe some team will say, okay, Doug, we'll give you this because you want that and we'll see where you go with it. Maybe some team will at some point, probably won't be this year, but maybe next year. We'll see how it unfolds. It's definitely yeah. going to be interesting, though. That's for sure. Because uh, I want to see Dougie P., Dougie P. back in the league. He's a great coach, I think. Yep. Um, I'm just talking out loud of possible scenarios. I don't think these things are Doug. I think he's a great coach. And I think what he did in 2018, 2019 was 
completely uh, admirable and it was really on his own other than Jim Schwartz. So uh, I don't, I don't believe he's a product of Frank Reich. I, I, I never, I never fell for that talk. Um, I do believe Doug Peterson's a great coach and I think he does deserve another chance in this league, but uh, the speculation, I mean, it's, I would at least like to see him get a second interview though, because you haven't heard any of those opportunities come up. And I, yeah. that is a little bit damning to me, even if you are correct in your theory, you would at least think there's a second interview that comes up for, you know, the Vikings didn't even have a GM in place when they interviewed Doug, neither did the bears. So that's the one part I think is interesting. Um, and I would like to a little bit hear a little bit more. I wish I was a fly on the wall. I really was. Because not like these teams are that I'm talking about are pillars of success for coaching hires as is. The Jags seem like they need a new head coach every other year, and they make horrible coaching hires. Um, the Bears haven't had a head coach since Lovey Smith, just, just to be honest. I mean, I, I'm a fan of John Fox, but he was a disaster there. Uh, they haven't really had a coach since Lovey Smith. Uh, the Vikings, Mike Zimmer was successful there. That was a good pick. But, I mean, uh, it took forever for Mike Zimmer to get a head coaching job. He was he was Jim Johnson before Jim Johnson, and he finally got the opportunity to be a head coach, and he was successful in it for his tenure with Minnesota. So, uh, I mean, they, they seem to make good coaching decisions other than Brad Childress and Leslie Frazier didn't really work out for them. But uh, it, it is interesting. These organizations don't have the strongest track record picking head coaches. So, I don't know if – them not giving Doug the second interview should be the end of end alls. Uh, maybe you're right. Maybe he is, you know, picking and choosing. And that would be the wise move to make uh, given his previous track record as a head coach. So that's going to do it for us guys though. We'll be back soon with more content from Eagles on filter. Thank you again for tuning in again. We're, the show is powered on bet by BetOnline.ag. Use promo code believe B L E A V for 50% off your welcome deposit to BetOnline.ag the best sports betting website around. And then again, manscaped.com, promo code GOBIRDS, all caps, no space, GOBIRDS, for 20% off your order, plus free shipping. Get the crown jewels ready. The offseason is going to be really, really, really insane and hectic, but with no football means more time with your lady. Get the crown jewels ready. GOBIRDS, promo code GOBIRDS. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you all soon. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.